Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Thank goodness Michael Goodwin is here to bring some uh, some sanity back to the program, chief political columnist for the New York Post. Michael, great to have you with us. We're getting so silly. We're getting punchy as we uh, go into the weekend. You know, I said, boy, oh, boy, every day, every day something crazy happens, you know. And and now uh, in, in politics, it just doesn't end. How are you, first of all? And nice to have you with us, sir. Well, thank you, Joe. And I'm, I'm sort of somewhat uh, surprised by the idea of Wednesday and you're heading into the weekend. I like that. <laughs> I think that's a very positive outlook. <laughs> I said, well, we got Holy Thursday tomorrow. And then uh, we were off on Good Friday. You know, the company takes Good Friday off, which I absolutely love, by the way. Because sure. I think it's against the law in the Biden administration to do anything like that, you know. So, <laughs> so you know, so we appreciate Salem doing that. So we're we're looking forward to it. So, so tell us about... Uh, um, uh, Cuomo, what's going to happen with Cuomo? Uh, is it getting out of hand now? When the gal first said, you know, that last gal that came out, and then when I saw Gloria Allred, I went, okay, now it's getting a little, uh, what <laughs> some of us think, like re- it, they're pushing it too far. Am I wrong, Michael, when I think that? Well, I think the last accuser uh, talking about an event in her home where the governor came uh, after floods uh, had struck in upstate New York, um, that the governor kissed her, I believe, three times on the cheek, and she felt that it was more than a innocent kiss. She said, I felt it was coming on to me in my own house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, it's it's hard to, uh, you know, discern what people were feeling and why and then to pass judgment on it. I think the important point here is the is the accumulation of these incidents and some, you know, are different from others and they're uh, each is kind of unique in its own way, but you now have nine different women that we know of, uh, have come forward with various, uh, experiences with the governor that they all in one way or another ascribe to some kind of sexual innuendo, sexual harassment, um, and don't forget, there were stories in uh, New York Magazine and The New Yorker and elsewhere about women the, the governor met at events, at parties or fundraising events, and he immediately seized on them. And within a couple of days, uh, these women got phone calls from the governor's office telling them to come in for a job interview. And two of them in particular said, but I never applied for a job. I don't want a job there. No, no, come on in anyway and be interviewed. And, you know, and why? What what was the governor using the hiring process for? Uh, one of these women, he grabbed and sort of danced with her briefly. Another one, he sat at a table and talked to her for a long time. She had a, apparently a tattoo on her hand. And the uh, members of his office who were, tasked with finding her 
were left to describe the woman as the one having a tattoo on her hand. I mean, what what sort of uh, hiring is this? What is the governor's office being used for? Uh, it seems like it, it's it's he's picking up women through government jobs. And one of the lawyers said to, to the New York Times this week that, you know, it, Working for the executive chamber in the state of New York is not a place for him to proposition women or to find his next girlfriend. Uh, so it's a very odd situation. And the point of my column today, Joe, I'll just say quickly, is that yeah, yeah. Th- there are subpoenas now from these two investigations, one involving the nursing home deaths and the other involving these allegations of sexual harassment. There are subpoenas. Dozens of people have been subpoenaed in both cases. Uh, And so everybody in the governor's circle is going to have to testify and produce documents. And so we know from some of these accusations, and we know from what Melissa DeRosa, his top aide, said in that phone call uh, regarding hiding the nursing home dust. So there's lots of evidence out there. It's now all going to be in the hands of investigators. And finally, I would say that I think the people around the governor, you know, most of them civil servants who have worked in government for years, whatever, they're not going to lie to protect him under oath. Uh, So when these agents, the FBI agents or the investigators Mm. with the attorney general's office, when they put them under oath and ask them a direct question, I don't think there's going to be any loyalty to the governor. I think there's loyalty is going to be to themselves and to the truth. That, that, that FBI, uh, uh, it, when the, the FBI looking at this, Michael, just to be clear, is that, that's for the nursing home only, or is it, does that include? Yes. That's just for the nursing well, home. Yes, and it has to do with whether the governor and his office uh, withheld or, uh, mm. the number of deaths to a Justice Department inquiry. So, in other words, they effectively lied to the Justice Department yes. about the number uh, of deaths. Uh, and and they have as much as admitted this in, in some regard, that they did it because, as Melissa DeRosa said, we didn't know how these numbers would be used against us uh, by the Justice Department. So they're basically saying, well, we can't be honest with you. You might investigate us. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you, you could do something with those numbers that we don't like or don't make us look good. And, you know, and somebody wrote to me, Joe, and a point that's worth remembering. The governor benefited personally from this withholding of the nursing home deaths. He benefited by getting that book deal, which was a very lucrative book deal on leadership during the pandemic. Now, mm-hmm. if the truth were had come out, as a lot of us were agitating for, would he have gotten that book deal? If the, if the publishers knew that he had hidden roughly half of the nursing home deaths by, by not reporting them as such, would they have given him a book deal? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that and there are other things in that book. He, he sort of dances around the fact that he gave his brother preferential treatment in testing. He says, oh, I couldn't help my brother. Oh, you did help your brother. You did help your brother. Now we know that, but in the book, you lied about it. So there are all these things that he did that are now coming back because all of these people have been subpoenaed to testify. So I I don't know how he gets out of this. If the facts are as we believe they are, 
then I think that indeed the walls are, must be closing in. On Governor Cuomo, yeah, and he, we, you know, we welcome him to, to uh, call on the show just to chat, but he doesn't do that. What, what are those interviews we keep hearing? They're only on like WNYC, like the uh, the city-owned uh, PBS station. Is that right, Michael? Well, he doesn't do much of that anymore either. Um, he won't take. He'll do these uh, Q and A supposedly with reporters uh, only by phone now. He won't. He won't be in the same room with them. Although he goes in the room with other people and says, well, "The press can't come. COVID restrictions." I mean, that's yeah. baloney. Yeah, He'll do yeah. some of these these interviews where they control the electronics, so you can't ask a follow up. Uh, you can't you can't object if he says something that's clearly untrue. Uh, so he just he just cuts your microphone off. And so it, it and he says, I won't talk about these investigations or he calls them reviews. I don't know when the FBI is involved. It's not a review yeah, <laughs> when there's a yeah, subpoena yeah. involved. It's not a review It's yeah, beyond yeah. that. So but no, he won't discuss it anymore. I think every time he tried to discuss it, he made it worse. Uh, Oh, I didn't know I was at the time that I was doing anything that people felt uncomfortable with. Well, that's not true. We we know it now that they one woman immediately complained. I mean, it's not a defense that I didn't know I was making them uncomfortable when when I you know you kiss them on the lips or something. I mean, it hardly washes in this day and age. Oh please, I'm in such a silly mood this morning. I had a laugh when when they show him and he's on camera. And and that lady's saying, oh, please, we're with you, Governor Cuomo, stay there. And he's going, thank you, Booby. Thank you, sweetheart, darling, beautiful. Thank you very much. And he, <laughs> start, he starts with that, darling. He says, thanks, darling. I'm, I went, oh, no, no, no. But I, I, I guess, but I'm thinking, though, just to, just to close this up, Michael, about Governor Cuomo, I'm thinking it's not these allegations, it's the nursing homes. He, you can't get around that. I mean, and I don't know how he gets around that unless Biden protects him within the Department of Justice and the FBI, you know? Well, that's that's a possibility. But don't forget also Biden has said that if he's found to have committed the allegations of sexual harassment, he should resign. So at some point there will be a report, a public report from the attorney general's office on the allegations, the sexual harassment allegations. And then I think the sky will fall on him uh, because I think they're going to come up with a lot of stuff. But, you know, Joe, I thought you were going to defend him on the Italian-American basis. Uh, He said, I kissed. It's Italian. We kiss. And this latest accuser said, I'm an Italian. We don't we don't kiss strangers. Not the first time we meet. And when when we do, it's the kiss of death. I know it was you, Fredo. I know it was you. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. He's going to do that to his brother, I guess. Michael, you're the man. Thank you. Listen, have a have a great, great weekend, uh, uh, Michael. And we really so cherish uh, your appearances on the show here. And uh, hopefully we'll do many, many more in years to come. Michael Goodman, God bless you and all the best on Easter Sunday. Uh, Thank you, Joe. The same to you and all our listeners. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Senators Tammy Duckworth and Maisie Hirono recently threatened to vote against any of President Joe Biden's cabinet nominees, regardless of their qualifications, if they aren't minorities. 
The reason? They were angry that the cabinet lacks a sufficient number of Asian Americans. Fortunately, the senators backed off that threat after the White House pacified them, promising to add a senior liaison to the American Asian Pacific Islander community. But this happy conclusion shouldn't obscure some hard truths. The senators' threat to oppose qualified nominees because of their skin color was outright racism. This sort of thinking is simply un-American, and it should be rejected by everyone, left, right, and center. It's high time we got past the ignorant assumption that people's skin color or other immutable characteristics are particularly relevant or even interesting. What does matter, what they believe, the talents they offer, and most importantly, the content of their character. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. 